0: welcome to believe a ted lasso podcast i'm julian i'm tom hi everybody we are team binge and we are here for season two episode two called lavender Mm -hmm. thank you for coming back and listening to our podcast this episode episode two of season two again it's written by well you've thrown off my flow my friend (laughs) so i blame you This was written by Leanne Bowen. Leanne Bowen wrote the episode Diamond Dogs, which was in season one. And I believe one of your favorite, because you love David Bowie. I love the Diamond Dogs. Oh, maybe she's related. Leanne Bowen, she's probably (laughs) related to David Bowie, right? Sure. I don't think that's the same last name, but all right. Okay. It rhymes-ish. Well, this episode, which we both watched for the first time today is about Jamie Tartt's return. Mm. How happy were you to have Jamie Tartt back? Oh, man. Right when it started with the uh, Lust Conquers All. Lust Conquers All. <laughs> would you watch Lust Conquers All if it was on? I think I yeah, admitted in the last pod that I, that would probably be a guilty pleasure I would partake in. Good for you. Good for you for not being ashamed. Yeah. You know? Uh, we also have Roy finding his path after retirement, and then we have some Sam and Ted drama. Mm which we will deal with. And I had some thoughts on as we go through this. I'm excited to hear them. I have some thoughts on Ted, but at the top, I would like to say, I would like to dedicate this episode to Courtney, who is the one that introduced me to Ted Lasso. Mm, okay. And is the reason I watched Ted Lasso. And is now the reason you watched Ted Lasso. Even though we've had our differences, Courtney, that fist fight in Alcatraz, <laughs> I appreciate you, and thank you for introducing me to Ted Lasso. Wow! So with yeah. that being said, the episode opens up with Lust Conquers All. When the music starts, I was like, where are they? Like, I thought they were like a dance floor or uh, something like uh, that. It was like, because it's all dark, because they're doing the credits, like Apple presents. Uh, and then boom, we go right into the the... the they're like the onset of Los Conquerors*. Like, we're watching the program. Right, we're watching the program, and it is essentially uh, the torch ceremony for Survivor. Someone's <laughs> yeah. getting voted off. I'm assuming that is everyone's point of reference for reality TV show. Uh, Jamie is uh, quickly voted off of the show, and it's funny just the way they do it. Like, they cut to all the people's reactions, <laughs> and he clearly was not expecting to be voted off because, as he let us know, he's the top scorer <laughs> yes, both on and off the field. Both here. on and off the pitch, that's correct. And then we cut to them watching the clip. It's like a morning show. Yeah. And I looked this show up. It's a real show. It's okay. a real British. I'm assuming it's like uh Regis and Kathy. Uh Lee. <laughs> a bit dated. Yeah. I don't know, like Good Morning America. What do you mean, dated? Uh I don't think Regis and Kathy do the show anymore. Oh. I think fifty percent of them. What have animals? I been watching every morning when <laughs> Right before The Price Is Right. Uh, I think it's like Seacrest and Kelly. I okay, it's the Rips. Okay, it's the Rips. Sure, <laughs> that's her nickname. <laughs> they introduce uh, the loser Jamie Tart, and he corrects them with, like, "Not just a loser, I'm the mm. loser, <laughs> the loser." Uh, and we find out that he was a complete jerk on the show, and then we discover through this dialogue that he left Man City to go beyond a reality TV show. Tom, how did you feel about a Premier League soccer player, a seeming star, leaving his team to go beyond a reality show? Is there precedent for this? Um, I don't know, maybe there is. It's definitely a bold choice by our boy Jamie. Bold. Um, is bold the right word, Tom? <laughs> it is for Jamie. Uh, like we talked about in the last pod, like there's not a whole lot of downtime in Premier League cuz like you're either playing in other tournaments international all okay. that kind of stuff. So for him to be able to film this, it would have to be during that off season. But even the off season, the guys are still probably training and prepping and doing everything else. So, for him to like leave Man City, assume that he's just going to talk to Pep and Pep's going to let him back. Pep Guardiola, we talked about as the head coach for Man City. Sure. Is just so ignorant of him to be able to think he can just kind of walk back in. Well, some great journalism here because he's like, "Oh, I'm going to return to Man City." They're like, "Oh, we've got a clip for you," <laughs> yeah. and then they play the clip. And who is in the clip, Tom? Uh, I don't. I didn't write down his name, but it's like the. It's more or less Higgins equivalent for Man City. Was it? He's not a real person though. This was just a character in the show because Pep's a real person, yes. as you've explained. Pep is the coach. This is just seemingly it's like an actor, actor okay. because. They almost seem to kind of set it up like he's going to be like Higgins foil or they're going to meet at some point because he's on the the TV for a while. It keeps his little the, the Chiron on the bottom, the lower third says, you know, manager of football operations. So we know it literally aligns with Higgins. So I'd be interested if they do some sort of uh, a connection there later on. Oh, you think he's going to fight Higgins at some point? Listen, fight or o- out-operate one another. I don't know. Maybe they're going to play Operation. If they oh, okay. play Operation, Operation together... Oh, man. Operation is intense. I play it with my children, and they just allow the buzzer to happen. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and we find out he goes on the show because he found out that George Harrison died, who was one of the Beatles and died a long time ago. <laughs> 20 years. They've referenced Beatles dying several times in this show. Is that just because an American writer is writing it and they're like, oh, uh, the Beatles are British, so British people also get this humor? I kind of feel like that is exactly what they're doing. Like, There's been a couple of Harry Potter references, some Beatles references. So like, what's the most generic English thing that stupid American audiences know? Sure. And hey, loved it. Oh, okay. Well, you're, a, you're a huge Beetlehead, so oh, yeah. that makes sense. Then we're outside the studio, Jamie, sad, sad music playing. Although he does very, you know, he's signing autographs. People are outside waiting for him. He was very personable. Like, he seemed genuinely kind. Like, we kind of saw in the first season where he kind of had little moments of this, like with Ted's son, where he kind of sure. like, acts being all nice, but he was like genuine. He was signing autographs. He signed the ball for the kid and was like asking him questions sure. and that kind of stuff. So, It was interesting. And I think what they're doing with Jamie in this episode in particular and with the music for sure is trying to get us back and feel sorry for Jamie. Right. Letting us to kind of forget all the horrible things he did in season one and just say, hey, this guy has he has some history. He's got some personal things he's trying to deal with. And, you know, he's opening up to Keely and Ted later on. So um, they're definitely trying to build a lot of sympathy for him. I very quickly can forgive him of all of those things. I cannot forgive him for whatever's happening to his eyebrow. And I cannot (laughs) forgive him for that haircut. And the haircut's mainly out of jealousy. Because I would love to have that haircut. That haircut's on point. The eyebrow... My eyebrows would probably defeat any razor that tried to pierce them. that That's a look, right? Like to like shave your eyebrow like that? Is Not like a look a... that's happening in this room right now, Tom. No, no, no. We don't. We couldn't pull it off. We don't have the uh, hutspa. That push like that a off. challenge. Uh, he does say, and this gets back to Jamie uh, repeatedly messing up sayings. He says, someone's like, hey, man, sorry you got sacked from your team or whatever. And he's like, well, that's the way the crisp crumbles. And I was like, oh, <laughs> he's got that wrong. And then I was like, "Wait, do they call cookies crisps? I think is this so. a phrase? But a crisp is a chip, right? That's not, yeah, I was gonna go with chips. So maybe he does mess this up. I think he does. But cookie crisp is a American like cereal, right? Maybe he loves the cookie crisp. It's Possible. Maybe he's the guy that's been stealing them. Uh, he puts on his sunglasses. <laughs> his sunglasses are incredible. They are circular, and no one can pull them off. Not even Jamie Tart. <laughs> They're circular. <laughs> that's a great observation of sunglasses. Hey, I, have these, I have these sunglasses, Julian. They're circular. I'm not going to defend myself. Everyone that watched this episode knows exactly what I'm talking about. <sighs> then we find ourselves in the office with Beard and Ted. Beard slept there. We get some shirtless Beard, which I'm all for. <laughs> Him and Jane, which we know is the Just chest buddy from the first season. Chest buddy. Um, I'm assuming that's what they call each other chest buddy. <laughs> chest pals. I like that these crazy kids are making a go of it. You know, he's, oh, wait, wait, he's not one. one. Chess chums. Chess so, chums. Very good. Know, no, no, it's no, no. English-ish, I'll so. edit it in so <laughs> everyone list. will wonder what we're talking <laughs> about right now. I like that these crazy kids are making a go of it. We all know that um, Beard is not one for long term relationships. So mm-hmm. he's making it work with Jane. That's great. Lasso departs very suddenly. He also puts on round sunglasses, these being Ray Bans. And leaves promptly at 9.20 for some reason. We don't know why until a bit later. Yeah. Where we discover he's riding around on a lawnmower. Yeah, he kind of runs out like a giddy giddy schoolboy. Yes, a giddy schoolboy, as the phrase goes. Nate is upset because he smells the laundry. And he goes to get Will. And there's this very funny moment where he goes and gets Will. And there's like two doors in between where he gets Will and where he returns. One closes in Will's face. And the other is like a sliding door that <laughs> Nate had to close yep. in order for Will to then open. So Will's gone through two. He actually knocks on the second <laughs> yeah. door. And then Ace is like, oh, yeah, come on in. Yeah, come he, on in. He did that so he could say that. And he asked him uh, if he changed the laundry. And we find out it smells like. like lavender. Lavender. Which is our name of our episode here. Which is the name of the episode. And it's supposed to calm people. Lavender is like something that they put in those. Weird gas shooter things that people have in their bedroom. Scented oils. That's the—that's <laughs> what I was going shooters. for. Sorry. <laughs> that might be something else to other people. But uh, Lavender and Nate's like, listen, we don't want these athletes calm. We want them to be killer athletes. <laughs> and Beard has a great retort where he's like, even after they shower? Just the way he says that to Nate is great. And Nate is doing some weird things here where... Like, I feel like we're not supposed to like what Nate is doing with Will and like they're building on something here. It's constant. Like that is what Nate, these first two episodes, Nate is just being painted as this jerk. Like he's the new coach and he just is constantly pooping all over Will. And again, we're not really sure why, if that's just his like, quote unquote, coaching style. If he's doing that just because he was that former position, so he has high expectations for it. Um I'm not I'm not sure. I still enjoy it. I think Nate or uh, uh Nick Muhammad is fantastic like sure. acting like it but uh... I looked up I looked up Will the character. Do you know what his last name is? His last name is Kitman. Mm, oh no, it's not. That's what the internet said it Are was. You he may just not have a last name and they may have just <laughs> filled it in, but I was he was bored to play that role apparently. Oh, wow. And then like during this conversation at the end of it Nate's like to beard, he's like wait, did you sleep here? He's like perchance to dream here? Did and then you, it cuts yeah cuts. do you know that reference i mean i'm assuming it's shakespeare that's what it sounded Maybe like Shakespeare to me. i'll give you the rest of the quote it's so it's to sleep perchance to dream ah there's the rub for in this sleep of death what dreams may come what, what dreams may come is a robin williams movie is it a robin williams movie yeah isn't it what dreams may come i don't know i don't know yeah uh, isn't that harrison ford oh no that's uh what Lies Beneath. What Lies Beneath. Yeah, that's a different <laughs> Let's keep going. Shakespeare Let's keep going. poem. Um, I'm going to say that's from Hamlet. Is it from Hamlet? You got it, man. It's from Hamlet. You yeah. Know, you know your uh, Shakespearean tragedies. I'm pretty sure he's like contemplating suicide, but then he's like, oh, but to die, who knows what's after this? Isn't that it? Well, yes. It, it, it definitely has a very deep meaning. I mean, that's the whole... Um... To be or not to be speech. That's a part of that sequence. Never heard of that but one. But this the the sleep perchance to dream makes me think of uh, the movie Role Models. When like he's got uh, they're doing the LARPing. Live okay, action role sure, play. sure. And he's like, oh, to die. Oh, to sleep perchance to dream. Sure. No, 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 no. It's Great American classic right there. <laughs> then we are with Roy and Keeley in his sweet black Land Rover uh, in the parking lot. Roy's dropping Keeley off. And we find out that, that he's not really got anything to do during the day <laughs> yeah. until the girls' game that he's coaching later on. And much like Roy, who can't get his mind off of football, he starts talking about. He's like, I think I'm going to make him play a four four two defense. Uh, that one little girl is a mean monster, a defense or whatever it is, <laughs> which I'm assuming is the same girl that had the ice pack it on was. her head. It was, yeah. What is a four four two defense, dumb? Uh, four four two. He said four four two diamond defense. So there's different types of four four twos in terms of how you set them up. But it's more or less four defenders, four midfielders, two attackers, and then obviously and no goalie, one. huh? Incredible. <laughs> well, four and four and two is ten. You know, ten. Yeah, eleven people on the field. So yeah, so but he didn't goalies. say four four two and one. Yeah, you don't need to add the goalie. The no. goalie is assumed to be a one. If you play multiple goalies, that's uh, cheating and awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we're going to change the game. This is where we find out that Ted has raced out and so he could ride around on the riding lawnmower. And Roy makes some great joke about maybe he's homesick and that's the closest thing he can get to a Dodge Ram. And Roy says Dodge Ram with such disdain. It made me upset. I was like, those are great trucks. I'd love to own one, but it is what it is. And then uh keely gets out ted approaches and roy peels out in that parking lot i love it i guess i don't know are we to understand that like roy still blames ted is that kind of what it is because he's not coming to the games he doesn't want to sit there and make small talk with ted i don't think he blames them i think he just doesn't want any of the small talk like he knows if he probably starts talking to ted and they haven't talked for a while Ted's going to get him in and wrangle and do some jokes and all that kind of stuff. And okay. He, just, he just doesn't want it. Too much, He's huh? very, very busy. He's got things to do, man. going to set up that four-four-two diamond defense. <laughs> then Dr. Sharon arrives on her bike. Not a bike. It's a transformer, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's a transformer. I've never seen a ba- bike break down like that. It's pretty badass. It was pretty cool. Uh, and then that's where Ted finds out that she's going to be around for the rest of the season. Keeley lets her know that she's like, I think Higgins hired her to help out. Well, Ted has that funny line, too. He's like, uh, doesn't she realize we have direct deposit? Like, <laughs> like, this, she's here to get paid. Yeah, she's coming to pick up her check. <laughs> I missed that the first go through. That was a good line. That was great. That was great. So now we have some a little bit of drama on Ted because he's concerned that Cher, Dr. Sharon, Doc Sharon, is going to be Doctor around. Sharon. You She's can't call ed- her doc yet. Well, all right. Until we'll get end. to the end of the episode and then I can say whatever I want. <laughs> Ted Beard, Nate and Higgins, the Diamond Dogs are hanging out. Oh, oh, oh. Wonderful. Ted asks Higgins about hiring Dr. Sharon for the season. And he's like accusing him. He's like, Hey, why'd you do this without talking to me? And then he, he, he Ted is doing this like sarcastic. <laughs> yeah. I'm in charge. No, you can do what you want. Uh, and it's clearly confusing Higgins. And then I started to think about it. I was like, okay, so on like a, an American football team, the coach is uh, reports to a GM. And mm-hmm. in my mind, Higgins' role is like the GM. But I get the sense that Ted does not report to Higgins. Ted reports to the owner, and then Higgins is just the operations guy. Is that true? Do coaches like actually have hierarchical go like do they go to the person of operations or the gm or something like that yes it would be the coach would report to the gm because the gm's the guy that's like drafting people and but, like the finance guy and the well, trade where would guy... operations are you, are you assuming that higgins is the gm of the I, that team? was my i guess that was my okay. assumption is that higgins the director of operations in britland is a GM equivalent in America. But now that I've said it out loud, I guess it's a different title. So maybe it is different. No, I think it makes sense. Because like, if there was going to be somebody that's like that high level in the show, they would have introduced us to him. So I think it's fair to say that Higgins is not necessarily Ted's boss, per se. Well, now that I think about it, Rebecca hired him without telling Higgins. So Ted must not report to Higgins. Yeah. I'm glad we worked this out. My question has been answered. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I mean, listen. It's like they're 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 on the same level on sure. the top of this tree. You got Rebecca up top, and then say Higgins and Ted are on the same level. They don't report to either of them. They both report to Rebecca, right. and they can make their own decisions. As Michael Scott would explain, it's like uh, there's the one's not above the other. Your responsibilities <laughs> yeah. are just different. Well, who gets paid more? Uh, it's not one or the other. It's just different. Thank you, Michael Scott. For explaining corporate America, (laughs) Ted and Higgins back and forth is pretty funny. You can see Higgins is confused, and Beard helping Higgins out is real great. Yeah, he's giving him like the head shake, and like he's like, Higgins is like, Wait, where do I argue this one? and then Beard gives him that like weird thumbs up where he's like, hey, you're doing great. <laughs> Which is a lot Yeah, of fun. when he finally told Ted off, it's like, no, this is my decision. You're right. And he <laughs> clearly is uncomfortable with it, but <laughs> yeah. just did it because Beard nodded at him. Then we have Jamie with his agent. And I had thoughts on this thing- scene, Tom, and I'm going to explain those thoughts verbally because I can't explain <laughs> them uh, mentally. <laughs> the agent says to Jamie, no one wants you. Jamie, as we saw, was like a star. He was a star on Richmond. He played at Man City, which is a big team. This agent is like, no one wants you. And his reasoning is you acted like an a hole at Man City and left them. Mm-hmm. And you acted, they keep bringing up this Amy character on the <laughs> show that he apparently cheated on. My condolences to Amy. Um, but it's a reality TV Listen, show. She's better off. I 100% agree. <laughs> Anyways, we have athletes in the media who are, like, I don't know, assaulting people, murdering people. <laughs> they're still getting jobs. Okay, maybe, like, murder adjacent. Like, they were there, all right? And now they're commentators. Like, I I, I don't think that him being, um, like, what famous athlete hasn't left a team, like, in a jerk way? <laughs> and then someone else... I mean, one of the one of the yeah. things, and it's so sad in the NFL, is like a player will get in trouble. It'll be in the media. Mm-hmm. There'll be a video of cli- a clip of him hitting someone and just being an a hole. Mm-hmm. And then, like, as the news as he falls out of the news cycle, the Raiders pick him up. You know, that's just <laughs> yeah. like. Uh, so I'm surprised that no one wants Jamie. That he's that bad of a person. Well, I think what his agent is trying. I mean, yeah, there's no. Oh, let me interrupt, real Please. fast. Not condoning assault. Not condoning murder. i like I think Tom and I have both been very upfront. We're anti murder in know. most situations. There was, Go ahead. There was one episode where you seemed to condone murder. You or you kept that option on the table. Sure. Oh, because I didn't want to get the DNA test. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, 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 that's fine. Okay. I said in in most cases. Okay. Um, yeah this this uh, agent is definitely like the Jeremy Piven of agents. Uh, <laughs> he's just he's a he's a jerk. He's he's obviously. Built to be that way, but I think he's just trying to more or less tell the audience that right now, Jamie is toxic. Like, nobody wants him. Okay. And to your point, like, the current news cycle on Jamie is nobody wants anything to do with him. So that's why they tried to have him pivot with, you know, getting into more TV and doing other stuff. Oh, uh, the trying, other agent. Yeah, yeah, his new, like, talent agent or whatever they kind of said. He's, she, he's being passed off to another agent, it mm-hmm. looks like. Mm-hmm. He does ask, hey, uh, what about a team in another country yeah like spain or whatever yeah and he's like (laughs) the agent that picks up the phone is like yes real madrid do you want jb tart no okay thanks bye it's like you weren't even speaking spanish (laughs) (laughs) such a great line a great line I'm not gonna lie, I then looked up Real Madrid and I was, <laughs> I was like, would they be know? speaking Spanish or would they be speaking a different language? Turns out they would have been speaking Spanish. Mm-hmm. So out of Barcelona. the joke would have been funnier had they been speaking, I don't know, Portuguese, something like that. Uh do they speak? Do, do speak Portuguese? It's Spanish. No, right? no, 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 yeah, it's Spanish. Yeah, okay, yeah, it's Spanish. Yeah, Brazil speaks Portuguese. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It would have been anyways, I'm not a writer. I've decided that guy's not a very good agent. And you bring up a good point. Did they miss an opportunity here to not have that character played by Jeremy Piven? I know <laughs> he's busy. I know he's in a ton of stuff. He's not. He's in, like, uh, what was that dumb show called? The show no, Where's well, the Agent? Entourage. Entourage. He's yeah. making Entourage 3, the movie, the yeah. Disney movie. <laughs> Disney don't sue us. That was a joke. But they should have gotten Jeremy Piven. You're right. <laughs> And then the new agent offers him a reality show where he takes ecstasy for three weeks, every day for three weeks straight. Now, Tom, you're a big proponent of ecstasy. What do you think about taking ecstasy every day for three weeks straight? Listen, I'm all about riding the lightning, but three weeks <laughs> three weeks straight, that's pretty aggressive. <laughs> riding the lightning. Oh, incredible work, my friend. All right. Uh, then we're apparently at Biscuits with the Therapist, which is... Doesn't have the alliteration. It's not the same. Biscuits with the therapist. All right, uh, I'll give you the floor, uh, and I will okay. cut in time for this. <laughs> okay. Um, therapist, you know what? We'll do tea. this in real time. We'll give you, <laughs> we'll give you as much time as it takes for thinking, you to come up with a better I one. Change biscuits to something that's like starts with a T, mm-hmm. but it's a therapist, So I have to have it be like a TH. Um, there's not a whole lot of cookies or crackers that starts with TH, to my knowledge. Um, can we change therapist to something else? Triscuits with the therapist. Triscuits with the biscuits. No. That wouldn't work. Triscuits with the biscuits? (laughs) You've exchanged it with a cracker and moved biscuits. (laughs) How awesome would it be to have Triscuits with biscuits? Oh, incredible. Triscuits are great. Especially when there's no water around. Quack. Quack? Doctor? Quackers with quack? (laughs) Quackers with the quack. All right, there you go. Good job. All right. None of that works, but I'm glad we got there and we will keep all of this in. We find out that Dr. Sharon, who is allergic to fun uh, and allergic to Ted, also won't eat sugar. Not that she's allergic. Well, and she makes a reference where she's like, oh, I can't do sugar. If I have too much, it's going to make me go crazy for an hour or something like that, which makes me think like they're setting that up for later in the season, where Ted's going to get so frustrated with her or want to... Like quote not like not poison her, but just give her a bunch of sugar, maybe some Sour Patch Kids, um, and, then, <laughs> and then she's you gonna freak out. And, well, I don't kids. know. Yeah, maybe it was a weird thing for an adult to be like, "Oh, if I eat sugar, I get crazy for an hour," and then. Uh, but it is what it is. She doesn't eat. I just thought it was one of her ways to reject a kindness that Ted was trying to extend to her. Yeah. I thought she was a bit rude, but I'll probably get letters about it. If she doesn't want the cookies or the biscuits, she shouldn't have to take the biscuits. I did think it was interesting that she took the bite, (laughs) put the cookie or the biscuit back in the box and gave it back to Ted, which is a really weird thing to do. You should only do that at restaurants. Like how much, how, how big of a deal would it be to just, oh, say, thank you. Take the biscuits. Don't eat him in his presence and then politely toss him in the trash. That's why you and I are polite people, Tom. We would do that. Or what you do is you take a bite, you throw it at the person (laughs) and say, I told you I don't eat sugar. Those are the other options that are available to you. Ted then talks about, he's like, well, listen, I kind of have the same thing with video games. And then he does a very interesting, like dive into He's like, oh, I used to just deny them completely. Mm-hmm. But then I realized I was denying something that makes me happy. So I reevaluated my relationship to it. So rather than like complete denial, he probably does it in moderation, which I thought was a very interesting way of explaining that. And I feel like that got through to her a little bit in terms of he's a little bit, I mean, not smarter, but a little yeah. more analytical. I don't know. I was going to ask you, like, I think do you think Sharon is kind of picking up on this because as opposed to him, just because all she sees of him is just this wacky guy that just keeps throwing all these, like seemingly not her style of humor sure. at her. Um, and now that she kind of sees like, Oh yeah, he's, he's more than just the surface level, whatever. Like she was probably judging him maybe a little bit too much, but she definitely has a very dry level of personality. That certainly does not mesh well with the, uh, with Ted. Right. And she is kind of dissecting this as it's happening, and she's like, "Okay, your method is you bring a suite, you ask me about my favorite something." With Rebecca, it was, "Hey, what was your favorite concert?" Yeah, like he goes with with her. He he's like, "Hey, what's your favorite book?" Mm. Uh, mine's *The Fountainhead*. So he's going through kind of the same steps that he went with Rebecca. Call, she's yeah. dissecting that, but with his comment about like you know sugar and video games and readjusting that relationship i think he reveals a little bit more into hey it's just not all weird folksy wisdom mm-hmm. what is ted's favorite book tom so this is *The fountainhead you may do you know more about this than i do i don't know tom we okay. haven't discussed this yet we well, can find out you read a lot more books than i do uh it's, thank you tom it's by ayn rand uh, I just looked it up on the Google's. Google's gave me a little synopsis saying it's about a young architect. One is more than zero, by the way. When you say that I read more books than you, so that's not a huge I've listened, difference. I've listened to books; those count. I've, I've read in I've this day and age; those count. I've read your book, my friend. No oh, man. All so, right, <laughs> moving on. Uh, I <laughs> well, interrupted <okay. laughs> you. Give me the plot of The Fountainhead by Ayn Rand. The Fountainhead. Okay, so Google's says, or Google's says, it's a young, <laughs> <laughs> it's a young architect. battles against conventional standards and refuses to compromise with an architectural establishment unwilling to accept innovation. So just reading that blurb tells me, okay, that seems like it's in Ted's wheelhouse because Ted is kind of a fish out of water Mm -hmm. um, trying to innovate or change the dynamic of what we would normally see in a Premier League coach with this team. So it kind of makes sense. But my first understanding of Ayn Rand is, I don't know, what what's her other big, gigantic book that's like very, I don't know, like, isn't it? Very Atlas kind of Shrugged. Of like Atlas Shrugged. It's kind yeah. of a, uh, I don't know, taboo or whatever. But it so seem... it's Ayn Rand, my, I have not read The Fountainhead. I have not read Atlas Shrugged. So I'm going to take a big swing here <laughs> by summarizing both very quickly. <laughs> it. While I didn't read any of them, I did have a brother who went through a strong libertarian phase. Uh, When he was in college. And so I had to listen to him talk about these things. And I think she is just a like uh, a hero in the libertarian, less government, more free market, that type of philosophy. So that is what I know about Ayn Rand. If I am wrong, our Twitter (laughs) is at Team Binge. That's it. That's it. There's no (laughs) dot com. There should be a dot dot Twitter. (laughs) Okay, anyways, it doesn't matter. You can tell that Tom does all our social media. There should be a dot. I'm just the talent, all right? That's all. Uh, um, wow. I didn't mean that, Tom. You're a talent as well. Dr. Sharon calls Ted out on his getting to know her method. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, oh, and by the way, I will be watching training. She doesn't say it in that way, but that's kind of how Ted <laughs> takes it. Yeah. He's like, okay, yeah, sure. You can come watch. And I guess. Because he can't get a read on her and because she's stepping on his. Well, it's like, I mean, what else is she going to do? Like she makes mention, like, we'll get to it later in the episode, but she's not just there to observe the team. Apparently she's there to observe the organization Mm. um, because she talks about, you know, again, we'll get to it, but she's doing a lot more than just the team. The team is just a part dynamic. And I would imagine a lot of the episodes, we don't see a whole lot going on in the training pitch that would be, anything that this therapist would probably get much out of right of course the episode where we get a pretty big breakdown coming up here um that's where she happens to observe spoiler sure then we have keely and rebecca chatting in rebecca's office rebecca is building an online and dating profile Mm -hmm. funny joke here she's like oh is it faux pas to put that i'm filthy rich in my profile it was like, just if I'm rich in my profile, it's like, well, not if you put filthy in front oh. of it. And then delete, 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 delete. delete, delete. delete, delete. Yeah, <laughs> that was funny. Then we find, there's a lot of these reveals where Higgins is in yeah. the room and it. the camera doesn't, <laughs> Arrested Development used to do this a lot. It and yeah. it's something that I really much enjoy. You think there's only two people in the room and yeah. then camera pulls out <laughs> and they're like in a conference room with a bunch of people watching. Yep. Something that's supposed to be like very personal. But Higgins is in the office. Uh, because he gave up his, and there's this running gag where he keeps knocking over his pencil <laughs> cup, yeah. which I think even happened in the last episode. And yep. they're like, Hey, we love that. Leslie Higgins keep doing that. Keep it going. He talks about, Oh, I could take such and such room, but that's right next to laughing Liam. And they both do this laughing Liam impression. <laughs> and Rebecca's is pretty incredible. If you watch her sure, face, she's just you know, so she gaping. Does, yeah. It i think it's unkind to make fun of the way people laugh people do it to me you kind of yeah you do a little bit you, you kind of see like an elbow or somebody somebody coming into the room while they were doing this sure. so i assumed liam was gonna just oh. pop into the room and just say hey rebecca do you need that file or something I mean, he's uh, gonna no, laugh it was said popping in. i would assume we'll meet liam at some point and he will laugh and those of us that are paying attention it'll be a You'll call back it. to yeah, this I agree. Ted presents the biscuits to Rebecca because now we're at biscuits with the boss. Mm-hmm. Don't have to change that, Tom. Follow Pressure's bomb. off. Off the boss. No. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Rebecca eats half an eaten cookie. How did half. you feel about eating half an eaten cookie? Does this, is this speaking to how good these biscuits are? Is that what it is? I mean, we've established that these are like crack for Rebecca. Sure. But... I'll take your word for it. Never done crack, Tom. <laughs> yeah. Or, I mean... Maybe these this is how Rebecca rides a lightning. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just but it is odd to like you've got you've got clearly three biscuits in this little mini box. Sure. Uh, and, and maybe she does scarf down all three of these every single day that he gives it to her. But you figured you would start with the one that's not happy. No, I agree. I think it's <laughs> funny that he gives her the same box and he admits to it. He's like, oh, I tried to give it to Dr. Sharon <laughs> and they share a moment where they're like, Oh, That's unkind. Ted apparently likes to re-gift these biscuits. He tried to (laughs) do it with uh, Trent Krim's daughter on her birthday, and now he's doing it again. No (laughs) shame. He's one of these people he's got. He's only got one to give, (laughs) and he sees an opportunity. He's like, oh, I'm just going to try this. That's funny. They have a conversation about therapists, and Rebecca's (laughs) like, who needs them? I can diagnose myself. Ted's like, yeah, I agree. And isn't this what friends for? You like lay your burdens and anxieties (laughs) on them, and they're all like, yeah, and then they're like hey do you want to talk about anything and they're all like nope nope and it's a great like moment of this is why therapy exists like because we are uncomfortable even like close friends there's just certain things you don't want to share with them and Mm -hmm. so going to a professional who you don't know like in a social setting uh you can obviously see the the benefit yeah. so no shame in therapy people if I, you need it or feel like it'll help give it a go oh no, for sure i i love like rebecca's like self-diagnosis where she just goes through it all there's like big whoops like <laughs> yeah. it's just a throwaway line like that's no big deal i don't yeah. to diagnose myself no big deal <laughs> then we go to keely and jamie at the coffee shop keely's there we don't know that jamie's there and then we find his haircut <laughs> creeping behind a stand of it's like it's got the pole like in front of Jamie's face. Right, kind of hides behind. Oh man, such uh, great uh, camera work. He's terrible at sayings and he's terrible at hiding. <laughs> he explains to Keeley that he hasn't been stalking her. Well, he's only been following her for her lunch hour. <laughs> that he deleted her number from his from his phone so he couldn't call her, but he needs someone to talk to. Mm-hmm. And. I didn't understand this moment. Maybe you can explain it to me. She is upset, or seemingly upset, that he deleted her number. Why is she upset, Tom? I have a couple thoughts about that. So I'm to All share right. one. I would them. like the second one, then the first one, then the third one, <laughs> okay. in that order, please. <laughs> it's actually funny you made mention that because I was literally going to say I'm going to mention the first one, but I'm going to hold on to the second one until later. Okay. Um, but sorry, I threw a wrench in your thought process. <laughs> I did now I should just give you the second one and mm. see what happens. Mm um no but i feel like she was i'm gonna say both of them all right i think that a she was like wait a or what <laughs> okay. what are we on here okay roman numeral one got it okay uh she thought I, I, and i think that they have a, a good relationship they're at least still friends so for her to compl- or for him to completely get rid of her phone number um she kind of took uh, hurt for that because she thought they were in friends. These kind of situations, if you are in a bad place, like you can't come come to me for Pavlov, but you can come to me for advice, <laughs> or questions, nice. and things like that. Sure. Um, but uh, seven, I think she <laughs> she was also. I, I think the show was trying to set up something for a later scene. I think it was trying to set up that does Keely still have feelings for Jamie? Uh oh. so we'll we'll get to the next scene coming up but I think that's that's what the show is trying to do. I very good on you. Yeah. Okay. okay. Okay, I see what you're doing. Okay. I like point number 7. <laughs> Didn't care for point number 2. <laughs> so then we're at the best scenes of this whole show at this point. <laughs> Roy dealing with children. This is why is an Emmy Award-winning actor. Oh, incredible. Good for you, Brett Goldstein. And this was supposed to be some sort of champion game, right? The championship game? This, this was, was uh, yep, This, this was, was for a cup. Mm-hmm. Roy, his team has lost. <laughs> yep. And he is talking to them after the game, after they lose. None of those kids look very unhappy, by the way. They all just look like yeah. happy children. Roy wants these kids to burn the memory of defeat into their brain. <laughs> Which is a very different speech than Coach Ted Lasso, who's like, "Be a goldfish." It's polar opposite, right? Polar opposite. Couldn't be any different. Be sad, be sad together, but then let's move on. <laughs> yep. And and Roy is like, "Listen, don't forget this moment." He, he gets his hands on his, his knees. He leans over. He give, delivers that line. want you burn this into your memory, waits, pauses, makes sure they burn it into their memory. He's like, "Okay, good, good, yeah, great." And then we find out he's like. Emily's mom brought everyone consolation trophies. Must be nice to burn cash. Which, <laughs> which is great. Roy like I'm probably a multi-multi millionaire. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> and then he looks at one of the trophies and he's like, "Best dressed." That's stupid. You're all wearing the same thing. When I saw that, I'm like, "Oh, he's gonna give it to the goalie because the goalie's <laughs> the only one wearing something it's different." Sure, uh, but doesn't. And he hands it to. I think he hands it to his, his star defender. Um, I can't remember her name. I She's can't remember really her cool name game. either. Um but if you look, did you see there's one girl that's super upset? No. <laughs> she... There's one girl like right when he hands it to her, she crosses her arms. Oh is she gonna be and upset like, she super did... upset because she was like, I'm the best dress." Best dress. But that's then it's like it literally cuts to the next sequence. You can see the other girl giving it back to the girl that was sure. upset. Super super adorable and kind. My assumption was that the trophies were bought on sale and so what's on the label doesn't yeah. really matter. It's like best bowler. Best, right. uh, best bowler. White he gets- shoes in the office. White <laughs> shoes <laughs> in the office. Longest engagement. <laughs> he gets a chastising from, I think, the principal or dean or whatever they I call him over there. Is. is she supposed to be like the... I think she runs... She's like, oh, because I'll see it at school, kids. Okay. She's some sort okay. of teacher. And we find it Roy giving... She's like, hey, the, the coach has got to give a crap. And so Roy goes over and mm-hmm. gives this final speech. And he's like, it's been an honor coaching all of you. I hope you'll come back less next year, but only if you really effing mean it. Yeah. And all the kids, like, one of the kids is like, oh, he swore. Which, at this point, I'm assuming they're all pretty used to. Uh, but most just giggling and, and loving it. Yeah, they had a good time. All right, and then Roy arrives home after the game. He gets himself a brewski or a brunicorn, whatever Jamie <laughs> called it. Nice callback. And... Uh, If you have kids listening, things are about to get a little bit delicate, just like the Taylor Swift song. (laughs) Roy finds himself alone in the house. He wanders upstairs and he finds Keely, who is, we'll just say, alone with her thoughts. Wow, brilliantly said. Thank you. (laughs) And she is watching, while she's alone with her thoughts, the thing that is getting her going is a video of Roy's press conference. Which we were thinking, well, were we going to get a glimpse of it, and we did. Just a very tiny glimpse, but we got some. We hoped, and to be perfectly honest, I've decided I liked it as something in the uh, peripheral that I didn't have to actually watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it just seems like a lot of Roy crying, and there's nothing wrong with him cry- crying. Nope. But uh, it's also him just saying some, like, normal superficial things. They don't, like, we don't get a lot of the in-depth stuff. So, Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a really weird thing to, like, have play out in this scene, I felt. And the person who is of the opposite gender who watched this with me also felt this was a little bit strange. So, So, yes, this is not just a man judging something that he knows nothing about. (laughs) Well, it partially is. Yeah, well, that's fair. But you could say that about most things. So that's okay. No, I agree. It definitely was a little odd. But I mean, however people are alone in their own thoughts, is perfectly fine. Um, but I, I do think uh, the way they shot this, this goes back to the, the coffee sequence of like why you lost this number. I When I watched this and she throws her phone, you like you don't know what she's watching. My assumption was she was watching like Jamie highlights or old videos of her and Jamie or something like that together. Um, great point that kind of made me think like, Oh no, is this relationship going to get pretty rocky right here? Cause they kind of cut that coffee shop scene pretty abruptly. Great point. Um, but I do, I do love how Roy's like, yeah, I, Hey, I want to know, you know, what, what <laughs> makes you excited? He's like, like couples in the woods. That makes me excited because I could never be that free. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's his thrill. Yeah. yeah. You make a great point here and I appreciate you bringing it back up because I do recall, like, the first time I watched this episode, because I I watched it once, I watched it a second time, just to do the outline and take notes and everything. Um, And I remember the first time, like, as he's wandering up, I'm like, wait, is she going to be with Jamie? Because that's going to be completely, like, that is drama we don't need exactly. and, like, out of character. And then she's with her phone, and I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, no. She throws her phone. Yeah, he's and... going to pick it up, and it's going to be of Jamie on Lust Conquers All <laughs> yeah. uh, in the bathroom or the jacuzzi. <laughs> <laughs> one of those two places. So you make a great point, and I guess that explains more of kind of the vibe from the coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Roy is clearly upset because he hates when people see him being vulnerable, all 15 million people, 15 and one, maybe two, I don't know. She explains to him that she's turned on by him being passionate and vulnerable, and he has not been that way since he left the game. Weird moment for her to then go like, hey, this is why you should be a pundit. You need to get back into the game. Oh, and she also brings up Jamie, and he's like, man, this conversation could not be worse. And boom, there it is. There it is. She talks about how Jamie is, like, without football, and he's lost too, and so this gets Roy to essentially agree to try being a pundit once, and he has this very funny moment where he says, what did the Prince Prick of all Pricks want? Or he calls him (laughs) that nickname, and I think it's because... Keely mentions that hey Jamie wants to see if he can come back to Richmond and mm-hmm. she said you got to talk to Lasso yeah, about it. You're talking to the wrong person for sure. Right. Keely um, not the director of operations of no. the football nor the GM. She's we'll call her the director of public relations. That's right. That, that Sounds right. I do love the start of this sequence where Roy's just kind of coming home and screaming to the void assuming that Keely's just watching TV or around the house. and uh, but he mentions like that how 9-year-olds can't do headers anymore, like you know, brain development. <laughs> Right. He's complaining because they lost and he's yeah. like, oh, if they had allowed headers, we would have won. Uh, but that that was actually something that was interesting because that, like, I noticed that in, uh, I've gone to some of my nieces uh, or, or my cousins soccer games and, yeah, they don't allow headers or a lot of the girls will wear, um, like, uh, almost like rugby helmets, whatever, okay. so they kind of have the padding and stuff on it because they don't allow youth to do headers, which I think is brilliant because a lot of these balls are crazy hard right. and can definitely cause concussions and things like that. So, Not something that was uh, back in our day. I probably lost a whole lot of brain cells, had a lot of concussions um, from my soccer days, but uh, I'm glad they're doing that now. We turned out fine, Tom. Well, mostly. Here we are in a room, not even recording, just talking about a (laughs) show we may or may not have watched. In the void. Half the time we forget where we're at, what day it is. Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Lasso is eating in the pub by himself. I don't know if this is sad or what. I guess he's not much. He'll bake, but he won't make himself a meal because I feel like he eats a lot of meals down at that pub. But then I thought if I was alone in Great Britain... And I know, I mean, British people are known for their cuisine. I mean, great <laughs> cuisine, lots of flavor, you know, a lot of gravy. I guess. A lot of... <laughs> I think that's Scottish, yeah. actually. Oh, <laughs> That's the United Kingdom. Oh, no. <laughs> We're back to this. What? <laughs> How many countries are in this country? There's like seven. Anyways. Four. Um, <laughs> he's eating, and Jamie shows up. Jamie puts his toy soldier up there, which is a fun callback mm-hmm. that he kept it. And they start to talk and... Ted does this thing that we all do, and I don't know why I'm preferencing <laughs> this way, but he just asks Jamie how he's been, and Jamie's like, "Awesome," <laughs> and then he like slowly walks through not so awesome to okay to it's all poop, Ted. <laughs> and this I love like that type of decline. It reminds me there is a scene in Arrested Development where they're in the hospital and they're looking for, like, a leader, and Job's like, I'll be the leader. I'll speak for this family. I mean, I could if you guys wanted me to. Wait, why do I have to do it? Why do I have to be the one? No, I won't. And then he, like, sits back there, and he goes through this whole progression of, I'm going to be a hero (laughs) to you can't force me. And, And the family just stares at him and then, like, goes back to their conversation. I love when a character, like, has that kind of arc in a single and like Ted doesn't say anything. Yeah. Jamie just goes from awesome to not so awesome. Okay. To bad to everything's terrible. that's yeah, a brief. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I, I love those moments. Great <laughs> writing. Jamie asks Ted, if he can come back to Richmond, may, may the publican shows up with two pints. She wants him back. Uh, the pub gang, I don't think they were in the last episode. This is our first sighting of them. I was a little bit scared they weren't going to bring these guys back. Oh, they have to. Right. Yeah. Crowd favorites. Everyone loves them. Mm-hmm. Paul, Gus, <laughs> uh, Gareth. I'm blanking on their name. Uh, Paul's the one you need. Paul's the best. Bart. Bart. Anyways, he's like, hey, can you ask those people to stop staring at me? And <laughs> May's like, hey, bleep off. Yeah. And like, and. Jamie's like, man, old people are so wise. They're like tall they Another Star Wars reference. We're two episodes into the season and we've already gotten three Star Wars references. Hey, it's the only thing that people have to talk about it's these It's tie that days. binds us, like the Force. We find out that Jamie did the reality show to get back at his dad. It's a weird revenge move, but he kind of explains, hey, my dad was giving me such a case about like the minutes I was playing over at Man City, what I was doing when I was just sitting on the bench. All those things, so he essentially gave him the middle finger and went and did a reality TV show. We talk about dads a little bit, tough dads, and Ted mentions, like, Jamie's like, oh, was your dad hard on you? And Ted's like, no, my dad was harder on himself than he was on me. And Jamie says something like, oh, well, you're lucky. And Ted, I mean, Jason Sudeikis does a great thing here. Where like, he has this look like, uh, you know, was I or am I? Yeah. And we know that, like, his dad died when ted was relatively young mm-hmm. and so you've got to wonder like he never explained why he passed away or yeah. like what that so something tells me we're going to get a bit more of that as we go through i think we might like okay yeah to your point very good acting subtle acting from today because it's literally just like an eyebrow race like, mm-hmm. well, yeah that's that's you know, not the kind of yeah wasn't i wasn't lucky like yeah, exactly even um i think what we're seeing here is just jamie's continued I don't know adolescence or whatever. He just can't get out of that that cycle. He's still very I don't know what the word is, but he's he, he's still allowing his father to kind of control him. So right. he's acting out in a way that is detriment to his career and his passion, which is football and just soccer. So he's trying to do this other show. You know, he's kind of pawning it off like, oh, I'm just trying to build the brand. But no, he's he's running away from it because. He doesn't know how to face that yet right and I'm assuming we'll we'll kind of get there and there's an interesting mm-hmm. like dynamic here that's happening where Jamie is assuming like because his dad is like verbally abusive, probably physically abusive mm-hmm. like that that's like a worst case like family scenario where like in Ted's case, I don't think that's the same thing, but Ted still had it like yeah something happened there where there's some some trauma, mm-hmm. and there, I mean, from Scrubs, which Bill Lawrence also wrote. We've talked about it many times. There's a moment in Scrubs where Turk says something like, "Someone's complaining about having a like a messed up childhood because their parents are divorced, or like a dysfunctional family because their parents are divorced." And Turk says something like, "I like that. I like how people with divorced parents feel like they have the market cornered on like family dysfunction." Yeah. And then he goes into like my parents were together, but like we had this, this, and this, like exactly. all bad stuff that happened. Yeah. So kind of an interesting, interesting thing. That's where my mind went, but uh no, I love I scrubs. I, I think it's like all kind of pain. Like people think like, Oh, you're a millionaire. So you don't have problems. You don't have issues and stuff going on in your life. Right? I don't. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You were talking about someone else. Forgive yeah. me. Um But yeah, I think it's very true to this sequence as well, where you shouldn't diminish your own kind of pains or, or try to, pondered off as anything other than what it is right it's all subjective mm-hmm. right subjective that's not the right term no so well i mean, subjective being that it's in like the mind of the beholder sure but uh yeah that's sure that works okay it's wonderful work. certainly we should, keep keep we should be uh, a we should, we should be therapists do you have practice. anything you'd like to talk about tom no i'm good okay <laughs> wonderful as Jamie and Ted are talking, the pub gang takes a picture of him and apparently tweets it out, which cuts to uh, the locker room where the team uh, is seeing those guys hanging out. And they make some comment like, oh, it looks like Jamie's coming back. Then we're on the pitch. Well, they with... draw. Can I just say, they draw some pretty bold conclusions here, in my opinion. From that one picture From of one picture, Jamie and Ted talking? Yeah, just at a bar talking like... I don't know. I mean, like, and Ted makes a comment of it here in a bit about, like, what you see on Twitter. Like, there's no context to this. I get that you can have that, and you're entitled to your your thoughts, but people just, you go down a rabbit hole without actually asking him or saying, like, hey, did you do X, Y, Z? No, and I I think we'll go into this a little bit more, because I think you and I probably both had the same issues with some of this stuff. But we find ourselves on the pitch— Dr. Sharon is watching from the stands, she's making Ted paranoid, and he keeps like looking over his shoulder, he's like, I feel like she's moving closer. (laughs) And then at one point, she does actually move three times. Oh, really? She starts at the very top. Okay. And then midway, she gets a little bit lower. (laughs) And then once uh, Sam eventually leaves, she's on the first front row. Oh, that's funny. That's great. Beard does make a comment. He's like, well, maybe it's like your mistrust of her occupation that makes you feel so paranoid. It's a great joke. (laughs) Then Will comes by and hands them all a drink. Mm -hmm. And Nate's just, I mean, he gets, again, we got hot Nate here. He just immediately spits it out uh, and does not like uh, Will's sports drink. Apparently not a big fan of pineapple. Everyone loves pineapple. No problem with pineapple. Uh, but I love how he just kind of like inserts himself into the rest of the conversation. He's like, yeah, we're overrun by incompetent outsiders. <laughs> yeah, He goes, just like Ted said. <laughs> yeah. We're What's the word? And Ted's like, did I say that? <laughs> and Beard, you can kind of tell Beard is like, what's happening with Nate? Like, yeah. he can tell he's, he's skewing negative. And then we have... Sam showing some tood
1: mm. out on
0: the out on the pitch cuz Ted chastises him, uh, chastises him about a pass and then Sam storms off in a huff and it's one of these things where like they do in shows where it's like, Hey, if you would take a second and like talk about something, yeah. you could clear the air. Yep. And they actually do it pretty quickly. Like mm-hmm. in some shows, this arc of like Sam and Ted not going, getting along would be like three episodes. Yeah. And it would be like, Hey, if you two would just like explain what the other one meant. Um, and this is like you mentioned, this is Sam jumping to conclusions mm-hmm. based on Twitter and him getting upset. And Ted's finally got to be like, listen, I told Jamie, no. Like, what are you worried about? Which makes the turn at the end of the episode a little bit strange, this conversation. We'll get into that at the end, because I got things to say. Oh, they they talk about while they're on the field, Sam challenges Ted. He's like, oh, if you think you could do better than me, why don't you come out here and kick the ball? And Ted's like, you're right. I can't do any of this better than any of you guys, unless it's about Sir Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, unless it's finishing Jimmy Buffett lyrics, because I would destroy you guys and uh-oh, uh-oh, that just uh, started the Jimmy Buffett lyric trivia. Billy, do the trivia music. Cut it in right here. do do Thank you, Billy, our sound guy. Everyone give him a hand. <laughs> All right, here we go. Are we ready? I've got two famous Jimmy Buffett lyrics. Are you, you... not even going to ask me if I know who Jimmy Buffett is? No, I'm assuming you do. I know Jimmy Buffett did a song with Kenny Chesney because I know who Kenny Chesney is. I'm going to tell you right now that I'm going to get all these right. So throw them at me, bro. You are not a pairhead. Bro, bro. Oh, I'm not oh, a Buffett head. Okay. It's not a Buffett head. It's a head. Oh, mm. Get your stuff together. Got <laughs> that. Thanks, Tom. Uh, okay. It's just what I say when I don't have anything else to say. <laughs> it's a <hard> dead time. <laughs> Damn. I'm okay. ready for trivia, Tom. Okay, here we go. Trivia. Finish these lyrics. Cheeseburger in paradise. Heaven on earth with prostitutes oh, wow you figure you might try to pick something that rhymes with paradise prostitutes <laughs> an onion slice Ooh, from, from a... was not gonna get that i stand by my guess i classic. think i think mr buffett made a mistake by not doing prostitutes okay oh if i just put the cursor <laughs> over i get the answer okay i got it go ahead i'm ready for two i'm one for one yeah <laughs> All right, a little bit easier uh nothing to show but this brand new tattoo but it's a real beauty mm. one more so time one is, more time I'll, I'll I'll kind of sing it for you a little okay bit. uh nothing to show but this brand new tattoo it's a real beauty prostitute <laughs> a mexican cutie <laughs> oh no tom no tom no not not close we do not know what jimmy buffett was doing on this little vacation Not it close. could have been we don't know oh well now i feel bad i didn't even know what the <laughs> lyric was now my answer makes me seem like a real jerk oh, oh no that was terrible but all right come on, come on. well we can cut all that oh for two no we're gonna keep it all we're gonna stand by i did not know what that lyric was now i feel bad I'd like to uh, apologize to prostitutes everywhere. Most famous song, Pina Colada Berg. Pre, oh, oh, those—that's the same song. No, the first one was Cheeseburger in Paradise. The second one was from Margaritaville. But this oops. guy's made a living off of these. Are these parody songs? No, these are his songs. People parodied his songs many a time, like Pina Colada Berg. But was these lyrics are real. Those are one hundred percent real. You don't do. Come on, you know Margaritaville. I mean, I've I've heard stepped of Margaritaville, flat, flat, stepped on a pop top. Happen? No. Okay. Ted and Sam have their talk. Uh, Sam brings up that he doesn't like cussing. He's like, I felt bad every time, yep. which you cussed earlier in this podcast. How yeah, did man. you feel? Because right here's how Ted explains cussing. Cussing is the words that we use when we don't know the right way to express ourselves. Is that how you feel, Tom? <laughs> no, I, I I feel like it emphasizes how you feel. <laughs> it generally does. I'm, a, I'm the Bernie Mac of cussing. <laughs> yes you are my good friend no i mean i try not to do it as often but i don't feel like i'm doing it to what ted's saying like i'm not doing it just for the sake of doing it sure generally i'm trying to emphasize something or i don't know maybe i am being lazy uh maybe i think some baby. people use it as a filler word i think roy sometimes uses it as uses it as a filler word no roy but is saying it very purposely he knows what he's doing you think he's an artist mm-hmm Sam doesn't want Jamie back. He makes the comment that no teammate or no person has ever made him feel so bad about himself as Jamie uh, did. And and you feel for Sam in this moment. And yeah, it must kind of suck to have like a locker room that's going well and like people are getting along other than the dutch guy that's just saying his thoughts (laughs) who was not in this episode now can i ask you julian have you ever had a job where you don't like somebody and you can just say i don't like them i don't want them to be here i've never had a job where i have been able to say no that person shouldn't yeah, be here. I've dictate. had I've had jobs where I don't like people and I don't want to be around them and I was glad when they left. Yeah, that's where I feel the sequence is weird. Like as professional athletes, like you have to understand that at the end of the day, you Ted is here to get Ws, to get wins. And I get Sam doesn't like the person or whatever, but you have to understand the man's talent, uh Jamie Tartan what he could bring to the club and just saying that, "Oh, I don't like him personally," so you can't keep this guy here. He's oh, gonna make me play less. You think Sam's in the wrong here? I don't think. I, I'm not necessarily saying. i Here's what I'm saying. I'm not saying he's in the right. Like I, he's 100 fair to have these feelings that Jamie is not gonna make this clubhouse feel much better. Sure. But is Jamie like Higgins? Maybe kind of mentions a little bit later. Is Jamie going to help this team win? I would argue, yeah, probably. Right. We already saw, and this is again. I, mean, I don't know. Let's just get into it now, because like. Jamie joining this team, I, I don't understand why the team is like this crazy hesitant from him rejoining the team. Jamie left this team when he was seemingly on the mend or, or going to kind of turn oh, a leaf. That's he, a he, point. he donated his stuff to the fire during the last ep- or the episode in the first season. And, and Maybe donating was, is the wrong word. <laughs> donated, sorry, what did he say? He sacrificed. Sure. Yeah, yeah. He sacrificed his cleats to the fire and, and they had a very good team bonding moment and Jamie was in on it and we didn't have a whole lot of time for them to be able to explore that. Cause immediately Rebecca transfers him back to man city. But the only other thing that the team has seen Jamie is the one game they play with him at the end of the season. And then the video that Nate shared of Jamie kind of saying like, I'm not going to say that I did everything for the team, but I did everything for the team. But you got to understand like these guys have to know that this is Jamie's personality. This is right. kind of who he is. So I don't I don't know. They're kind of playing fast and loose with this relationship with the entire team and Jamie when they already told us last season that Jamie was going to turn over a new leader. Sure. I would say this. I 100% get your point that it is weird of Sam to be like, hey, I hope our team does poorly because I don't want him to join us because he makes my, my feelings hurt. Yeah. Like, that's not a real... Adult response to something. But I will say, in like sports and a locker room environment, if he is so toxic Mm -hmm. that it like makes the whole team that's seemingly, you know, working, although I think this is Dr. Sharon's point at the end of it is like, hey, is this team really working? You guys are at eight draws. Mm -hmm. Like, everyone's kind to one another. She says, everyone's respectful, everyone expresses how they feel, but we're not winning games. So what's the point of this organization? Is it a feel good organization or is it get the W's as I've talked through this, they should fire all the nice people. (laughs) They should get everyone on this team. That's just going to be a complete jerk. Um, So, but it is an interesting like thing to think about in terms of Ted's choice here, because I came out of this conversation thinking, Oh, well, Jamie's not coming back. Because Ted wouldn't do that to Sam. Yeah. But then as we move forward, we find out that's that's not true. But you're right. It is a little bit strange of Sam to be like, hey, I don't want this team to get an all-star because he makes me feel bad. And at this point, maybe Sam has got enough confidence or like, his ability has obviously grown. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he should just punch Jamie in the mouth. When Jamie shows up, yeah, and that would probably help that relationship. Yeah. Confront him, talk to him about it, and address punch it. him in the mouth. Tom. Punch him in the mouth. Uh, it was not a figure of speech. Punch him in the mouth, in his pretty mouth, or that eyebrow with that weird shaved part. <laughs> it's a target, right? And this is one of those moments where uh, Ted takes care of Sam. He's like, "Hey, I told him no." They're like, "Oh yeah, we're buddies again." Sam says something about, "Hey." My dad always tells me when he sees you on TV, he's really happy that you've got me. Like, mm-hmm. you're taking care of me. He feels like I'm in good hands. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. They high five, Sam leaves. And then a pencil cup gets knocked <laughs> over. In the background? And Higgins is in the background. Because Higgins is on working on a, a, a bench press bench as his desk, which was very funny. Yep. Yeah. We cut to Roy Kent in the makeup chair, getting ready for his time on television. Who is Jamie Carragher? Jamie Carragher, very well. Roy opens up a note from this Jamie Carragher, who sent him flowers and, like, wishes him well on his TV uh Yeah, so he is a famous Liverpool midfielder. um, Okay. Who turned to, after his career, illustrious career, I think 17 years, um, he turned to Sky Sports. He is now a a pundit. Okay. Um, I do love that, you know. He's not in the next scene. He's not one of the guys. Jamie is not. Yeah, he's not in the show, at least as of yet. Um, So essentially, they'd use his name, just like they did Pep. They used the name, but they didn't want to use his likeness or put the actor on or whatever. Uh, But I do love the very quick ringtone we get of. of Roy's phone, where it's bad to the bone. It's like the little quick Oh, I didn't bit. even catch yeah, that. It's bad to the bone is his ringtone. Oh, that's great. Um, and he trimmed his beard. So now we're kind of back to season one um, uh, version of, of Roy. Someone in my house did not appreciate bearded Roy. Does appreciate the stubble? Yes, yeah, stubble, stubble, Roy. Now, may I ask you, uh, Julian? Uh, what do you usually do with your lashes? Um, I let them grow. <laughs> I just love it. He's like, I leave them the F alone. <laughs> leave them the F alone. Yeah, great, great moment. She goes in to, I think, put mascara on them, maybe. Just, gonna, just like little plumping them up. I, I don't know. Yeah. No prep. No practice. No set. nothing. we are just gonna put Roy Roy Kent a like well known, gonna say his thoughts, gonna swear a lot. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're not even gonna have him talk to the three other guys who's gonna be on the nope. panel. I'm going to go on a limb, Tom, and say this is not how TV works. I would generally guess they go through an outline similar to what we do in this podcast, where they have a general understanding of what I don't they're going to talk what about. outline, Tom. So, yeah, this is all free flowing um, and not just seemingly introduce yourself to the person while you're there. But uh, hey, that's Sky Sports for you. Did you recognize the guy sitting next to Roy? Uh no, I don't think anybody's anybody there. It's the old manager, the guy that got fired from Richmond <gasps> with. The, Is it really? With uh, Noel, the the <laughs> Oasis lead singers, it's the testicle coach, the testicle co- manager. He's oh, we say manager Tom. That's great. That's who that was next to him. And oh, he, I didn't realize. He's that. He's the guy that makes the the comment about Roy. Don't get so emotional or something like that. Oh man, that's a good catch. Yeah, he's, I mean he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's got that. Tr- not nothing. Tr- not good. Crazy here. He's not got Trent trench crim level hair. No, he doesn't. He's got he's got a mane. He's got a quawk. Yeah. So that guy's there, and Roy gets to say some terrible things about Chelsea and use some salty language. And Tom, you're a Chelsea fan. Yeah, I just. How agree. did you feel? I disagree with Roy's commentary <laughs> here. Uh, I felt like Chelsea was uh, on points. They did not look like they were. A the uh, fictional scared. game. <laughs> yeah, fictional game. You're going to defend them. You're a, <laughs> Dang, right a I am. Real fan. Man United look terrible. They look like tired out there. They got a lucky goal towards the <laughs> end. Um I don't even know the score. Yeah, they 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 beat as Piliqueta. It was a tough, tough <laughs> loss. But you know what? We're going to turn it around. <laughs> Incredible work, my friend. That was great. I was upset that they brought Chelsea. I like, oh, cool, they're talking about Chelsea. But uh, they're not talking about him in, in the, the right context. Way. Yeah. Can I say this, too? Um, apparently, they just recently signed, like, Ted Lasso, the show, signed some sort of agreement with the Premier League. To be able to license, like, I guess, all their names, logos, rights to whatever. I would assume they were only doing that. I, that's the same thing I saw. But like, I read that article. is like, but they've already used, like, Watford last season. They've used Crystal Palace. They've used logos. It's were weird. they showing logos, though? Maybe that's what they it, did. Was. They okay. did. Yeah. So it was. Okay. Interesting. It's just kind of interesting that they signed this, like, I think it was like 680,000 pounds or, or $1,000 or whatever for rights to it to be able to do it. And already two seasons in. This makes me think like maybe we are going to get more than three seasons potentially Mm, in this show. It seems weird for them to be done with second season and then have signed this big deal with the Premier League to be able to use their licensing and everything. But I just want to bring that up because we are mentioning specific teams here. Sure. My favorite. And we don't have a licensing agreement. My favorite thing yet. My favorite thing that Roy says is terrible, but he says they played timid like children waiting to meet a handsy father Christmas, <laughs> which is terrible. <laughs> and the crowd, the pub crowd loves it. Yep. Uh, so does Twitter. Keely is there reading all the tweets. I'm assuming that's what they're called. They are. I was going through them. At I, Team I, Binge, yep. probably. Oh, if we could have had one in it, that yeah, would have been great. That uh, would have been great. I kind of paused and kind of looked at them. They're all just very generic tweets about like, oh man, he's really telling it like it is. I love this guy. Yeah. They're also very heavily throughout this season, I think they're adding in this hashtag, we are Richmond. I don't think it was in the first season, but if you look like in Ted's office and all around the clubhouse, there's a hashtag, we are uh, Richmond. Okay. So I think they're trying to, the, the show's trying to use that, so like okay. when you're watching the show, they're using it, and they were using it when Q uh, was scrolling through. Okay, well, next yeah. time we tweet, we can use We Are Richmond, sure. right? We'll put the... Oh, we were more savvy <laughs> social media. tattoo, or the tic-tac-toe sign in yeah, front it's, of it's it. it's a pound symbol for, for your collect calls. Okay. Oh, I remember collect calls. Collect <laughs> calls were great when you were in jail, and you didn't have... Anyways. Um, <laughs> then we're at the Diamond Dogs uh higgins we find out ted is allowing him to now share nate's office because he needs a desk yeah kind of voluntold yeah nate Nate reacts poorly to this once again i don't really know what's happening with nate they then discuss hey jamie tart coming back Mm -hmm. and ted has this interesting uh, comment here which took the conversation that he had with sam into a different direction from where he left it with Sam. Mm -hmm. It's like he thought about it more. And so he said, hey, you know, Sam reminded me that we don't all have great dads. Some people don't have them. And his implication here is that Jamie does not have a good dad. And then it's like we talk about in sports not giving up. And I think that should apply to people. So now he has, like, brought the conversation with Sam, which was I'm not bringing Jamie back to because of Sam, I've thought about it some more and I don't think we should give up on Jamie. That's no, you're right. That's, that's what he does. Thank you. You don't have to say anymore. (laughs) Okay. Um, but I, I think this makes Ted's like decision at the very end of this that much dumber because I, I don't, I don't think there's a problem with bringing Jamie in, especially when you have this therapist on board, like, if, if Jamie's going to be bad in the locker room, maybe this therapist, Dr. Sharon, could kind of come in and, and help resolve some of that that Ted maybe couldn't do in the first season. But again, we already saw Ted seemingly solve it in the first season. right? But what I hate here is Ted is making this point about how maybe we should bring him back and how upset Sam was for not uh, talking to the team. And what does he do at the end of the episode? He brings Jamie back without talking to the team. right? Like to not even sit the team down and say, hey, we, you know, we've talked about this as coaches. We think he's going to help. We've but, looked at the analytics. Yeah, we've looked at the data. We've, we've crunched the numbers. We've crunched the numbers. Crunch. Um, so, that again, it's just the show is just doing some weird things that I don't think. We're taking some wild swings yeah. back and forth like yeah. a pendulum. We're mm-hmm. like one way, then another. Um, the votes in the office are Higgins is thumbs up for mm-hmm. two aces. Nate is thumbs down for ruining morale. Mm-hmm. And we we understand there was no love loss with Beard. Yeah. Like, Jamie was never good to Beard, and but Beard obviously no, didn't like him. Beard is a, a wins guy. Like, he wants to get the win. So it is interesting. I think you just need to have the 2 2 tie or whatever in the Diamond Dogs. Right. Because I do think deep down, Beard wants to win. And I think, and again, maybe like you said, maybe the morale is going to be too detrimental to the team, and they're not going to win because of it. Right. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens here. There is a moment here, bringing us back to Nate, where Will is putting the towels in the wrong place, <laughs> and Nate, like, yells at him, and he's like, hey, no, on the bench, rather than, and, like, once again, they, like, they cut, maybe they cut to Beard, and Beard's, like, giving the space, like, oh, Nate, you're being too hard on him, but the kid's putting the stuff in the wrong place, like, what's wrong with nate like i didn't think nate was out of line nate was like hey don't put him there put him there it's, like you know it's the way it's it's nate's delivery like he's oh, screaming right. at him for this like hey don't put him in the lockers put him it's on a locker and all that stuff. i don't know but the best part is him screaming at him like yeah we can't be so mean and judgmental of people <laughs> oh that's like, right. oh yeah what was i saying <laughs> yeah yeah he's like oh jamie will be like jamie's mean judgmental and then he's <laughs> like oh what was I in the middle of you're right yeah that was a great cutaway <laughs> keely and roy i think we're back at the house we yeah, over over the shoulder of keely based on her reading an email i love when tv shows make me read uh it was <laughs> like quickly sp- yeah sky sports is like hey we want roy back other than the language he was great roy lets keely know that he enjoyed being a pundit And then in order to reward her, he ties her shoes while she (laughs) listens to his retirement speech. I wasn't really sure uh, what was like why tying her shoes was so important, but it's not something I'm going to not something I'm going to dwell on too much. That's a very interesting observation. So then we're (laughs) with Dr. Sharon and Lasso at the end of the day. She's got her transformer. Can you do the transformer noise, please? Yep, that's the one. (laughs) She says, "Oh, I'm going to email the staff my feedback after watching training," and Ted's like, "No, I want to hear it now," mm-hmm. which is never good. You probably want to give someone some time to think about their thoughts. And I actually find it helpful to put things down in writing. Anyways, <laughs> what she goes into is not all that terrible. She's like, "Hey, this is great. The employees are respectful. They listen to one another. That you know, people are getting along." Mm-hmm. Uh, and the end, she She's like, "Hey, the atmosphere is nice, but..." Because Ted's like, oh, well, it sounds like this is a, if it ain't broke, why fix it? Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, do you consider eight ties or eight draws not broke? Like, where are we at here? And that makes Ted kind of think about it. Like, he's kind of like, yeah, you're right. Like, I am the coach. I need to potentially make these hard decisions. And then, you know, Sharon comes back with the line, like, heavy is the head that wears the visor. Which I thought was kind of a funny little change of crown divisor. Sure. I like that. And then opens up a little bit. She says, hey. My favorite book is The Prince of Tides by Pat Conroy. Tom, this is going to be your time to tell us all about The Prince of Tides by Pat Conroy. I did the same thing. I searched this on Google and tried to get a little synopsis. Not a book easily synopsified. (laughs) Synopsis, yep. Synopsified, yeah. That's the one. Um, I'm not even going to try. Like, I think it's just, it's a guy dealing with the struggles of his family something a lot of family dynamics yep let's stop there and move on Nailed it. if you like that book good for you i've never read it probably won't it. it's also like a kevin gossner movie i think oh yeah no that's prince of thieves is that robin hood yeah that's prince of thieves robin <laughs> okay. hood also by pat conroy oh, okay so <laughs> i did think like the first time i watched this when she just randomly says oh my favorite book is this i did not put that together. <laughs> you didn't scene. Scene. You're like, oh, why is this person? I'm, just... like, I'm like, why? I'm like, oh, okay. She's opening up and just telling Ted her favorite book. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Why is she doing this? <laughs> uh, but second watch, I'm like, okay, yeah, she's going. So I'm maybe a little like, helper line would have been uh helpful just to kind of say like hey you asked me earlier what my favorite book was it's blah 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 right well they appreciate a smart audience that pays attention <laughs> apparently next time we're in a social setting tom expect me to turn to someone i barely <laughs> know and be like hey by the way my favorite book is the great divorce all right <laughs> The great divorce um what is the dubai air stuff this was brought up a couple of times in this episode i know it was it's like a fake airline mm-hmm. that the show made up and was on their kits in season one. Keely keeps bringing it up because they're trying to do some sort of sponsorship deal. And then they say something like, oh, I talked to Dubai Air and they want Sam. Yeah. I feel like there's some sort of foreshadowing going on with Dubai Air because it's weird that she keeps bringing it up throughout the episode. It's... And they they were on the jerseys in the first season right yeah i'm remembering think, that right i have to go back and look at this but i think in the original promo videos for ted lasso that they, they were on nbc the youtube videos they had i don't think it was dubai air it was like dubai travel or something like that okay. so they kind of brought back the idea of dubai air which is clearly um, a reference to like emirates airlines sure. out of dubai Um, But I think what they're just kind of doing is, and Rebecca even mentions it, like, hey, good for Sam. Like, he deserves recognition for the kind of person he is and all that kind of stuff. So I think this is just uh, letting them see that Sam is kind of growing and getting some more, you know, his brand. Like, Jamie's trying to push his brand. Uh, Sam is potentially getting his brand out there of of kindness and love and and everything we've seen from Sam. Okay. So Dubai Air, that's what that stands for, kindness and love. I didn't know that the good to know though well i don't think yeah yeah let's not get into the the country doesn't necessarily have a whole lot of kindness and love to uh women so i don't know if uh dubai air is synonymous with kindness we just lost (laughs) less than 0.1 percent of our audience tom wonderful it was worth it um dr sharon walks in and i should mention so it's like rebecca higgins keely Dr. Sharon walks in. Mm -hmm. Dr. Sharon thanks them for the bottles of water she received as a gift. So weird. And Rebecca's like, well, someone told me you don't eat sugar. And Keely makes this joke like there are so many other things that you could have given her that didn't have sugar in them other than bottles of water. You get the sense that Rebecca has picked up on Ted not liking Dr. Sharon. Mm -hmm. And so that maybe Sharon doesn't or that Rebecca doesn't like Dr. Sharon. That's kind of what I'm what I picked up from okay. bottles of water being tilted. <laughs> it's an odd gift. It's an odd gift. Unless it's one of those fancy waters that's fizzy and costs a ton of money. Um, <laughs> cool. Then there's this moment where Higgins dramatically moves to the window mm. and they all watch as who comes out of the tunnel. We've kept this a secret this whole episode that he was coming back. <laughs> so good for us. But who shows up, Tom? Our boy, Jamie Tart comes out of the, uh, the do, tunnel. the but yeah he comes on out it's very dramatic too because they even do it's like winter it's like snowing on oh the yeah and, yeah uh, like england is not i mean I, I don't i don't live in england we have a, a small british audience they're probably gonna yell at me for this but it doesn't you don't watch a lot of premier league games with any sort of weather like this oh really it's very very rare because i think just the weather in 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 and around england and london and that kind of stuff it's a little more temperate um, but you do get an occasional game where they have it in the snow and they're fun to watch. So They'll use like an orange soccer ball because you can't see the white ball on the True. on the pitch, but it was interesting. That would feature a pitch with snow when it's not that commonplace. Okay. I don't know anything about the snow other than in a Christmas story. It's snowing in a Christmas story. Takes <laughs> That's place for snow. That is my reference for snow. <laughs> Sam is sad. And this brings it back to your point that like Ted didn't tell any of these guys that Jamie was coming back. Yeah. A guy that's all about like communication, mm-hmm. like sharing, like how hard is it just to be like, hey, I made a tough decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to give this guy a chance. Here's why I think we should give him a chance. Maybe he's changed. Like if he hasn't, let me know. Like there's things to do prior to him showing up. It's like, it's, it's, it's funny because you mentioned earlier on, like In an other show, they wouldn't have that. Sam and uh, Coach wouldn't have that conversation right away when Sam storms off the pitch in training. But they have that conversation right away. This is literally the show doing exactly that, where they can have a conversation. Right. They don't, and now we're probably going to have two or three episodes of them going back and forth and having a a bogus relationship. So I think a lot of what this is doing is help set up Dr. Sharon and kind of what she can probably do for the team okay ted is not going to be the one that always has all the answers okay help psychologically with the team i think sharon's going to help i do think sharon has some weird quirks and some rough edges but i really do love the actress that plays her. Oh, yeah i think she's really really good and and it kind of plays off that kind of dynamic with with ted so i'm interested to see where they go go with this i know oh go ahead here was my last question there is a moment here where they they cut to the guys in the office looking down at the pitch as Jamie enters mm-hmm. and and Rebecca looks at Keely and she like gives this smile. Yeah. And I was like I don't understand. Does she think that Keely's the one that orchestrated this? Uh is she happy because Keely and Jamie were together? And she knows that we're all passionately looking for <laughs> Keely and Jamie to end up together. Um, I didn't understand that smile. No. And I mean, it was purposeful. Like, it's, they, they clearly put the camera on Rebecca, and I didn't understand that. They're, they have to build on it this next episode, I imagine. Because Keely is stone-faced just staring at the pitch the whole time. Sure. And then it's Rebecca's kind of to her back, stares at Keely, and then gives this big, like, Grinch-style smile. Uh, and I don't, I don't know what they're doing with it. I can't imagine it's her trying to uh, think that, oh, cool, now Jamie and uh, Keely got to get back together because she knows that wasn't a healthy relationship and that she's very yeah, but happy Jamie's, with, Jamie's with Sam, changed. Or with Roy, Tom, he's a new man. I mean, we'll see. Maybe Doctor Sharon can work her magic and and change her. Maybe with the with the powers combined of Doctor Sharon and Ted Lasso. Yeah, what I what I hope they don't do is I hope they don't make this an uphill battle, like because Jamie did change and we're seeing a different Jamie. Like he's desperate at this point. Music is telling us throughout this episode. Yes. (laughs) That Jamie is different. Thank you. Music. (laughs) I feel like if he enters this and he like goes back to old habits of being a jerk to these people, Mm -hmm. uh, like, I don't want to fight that battle again. Like bring him in, like let him be a little bit more humble, still a great player. And like, them, I don't know. I mean, I, I just don't feel like they should revert him back to original Jamie because yeah. he's clearly different in other parts of the show. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think he would cheat on Amy again, you do know? You think, uh, do you think that this might be a reason to now bring Roy back into the fold? Like, because we kind of saw, like, what rang, rang Jamie in was really Roy. Ted kind of, like, pushed it a little bit, but it was really Roy that had the heart-to-heart conversations with him, mm-hmm. seemingly got uh, uh, Roy or, or Jamie back on board with the team. I got to imagine we're, we're going to do more with Roy than him just being a pundit the whole time, commenting on these games. I'd imagine he's going to get back in the fold with AFC Richmond in some form or fashion. So maybe a couple episodes go by where he's continuing to be a jerk and Roy comes back in to save the day. I don't know. I think that... Jamie is the wrong gender and wrong age to play on Roy's team, so I don't think Roy is oh, going to be sure. able to he's coach. Is that a U nine? It's not like a ladybug situation? Yeah, he's he's, on no, or... I don't think they're going to let him play on that team. So <laughs> uh, I don't think Roy is going to be in the show anymore at all. That's that, my that's, that's my theory. that's my that's my hot take. He lost his final game, and now he's gone. He he went down tying shoes. That's you know it. tying shoes. <laughs> You know who I want to be on a reality T V show is Roy. <laughs> I wish they'd go put Roy on Lust Conquers I don't All. I think he would and be very good. Roy is just punching people in the mouth. <laughs> Anyways. So that was episode two. I have some questions. I don't know where this season's going, but I'm glad that Jamie's back on the team. Like you, know, I'm interested to see where they take it. I just hope they don't like we don't revert back to yeah. uh what we dealt with in season one because I do feel like these guys have grown, and Jamie has changed based on, as you put it, the music. Yeah, it's, it's telling us he's changed. Thank you, music. Uh, okay, well, at this point, thanks for listening to us. We've gone way longer than intended, but sure. thanks for taking the journey. You can talk to us at TeamBinge on Twitter. You can also email us at... Uh, dot No, at gmail.com. At, at gmail.com. Sorry for the dot too early. Um, you can also find us on Facebook if that's your preferred social media. If it is not down, uh, there are problems with Facebook recently. So hopefully, if that's your method of uh, reaching out, we're on there. So uh, let us know. Reach out. We'll uh, Again, we're not incredibly active on it. But if you do reach out, we will absolutely get back to you. And we'd love to continue the conversation online. Yeah, we appreciate our international audience that's reached out from different places. Mm-hmm. I have been Julian. Uh, and I've been Tom. Well, we didn't do the next episode? Oh, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I'm and ver- next week we will be talking about episode three of season two, which is called Sour Tarts. Sour Tarts. <laughs> Incredible work, my friend. You were born for this. Uh, this is Julian, and I'm Tom. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have, Have a good, a good one. night. <laughs>